Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad you're back with me again today. It is Thursday or maybe Sunday, I don't know, whenever you're listening to this, but this is airing on a Thursday. And this is part three of my conversation with Davis Carmen. And I hope you've enjoyed this week. If you missed parts one and two on Monday and Wednesday, go back and listen to those. You will be encouraged. We are talking specifically to and about dads, homeschool dads specifically this week, because dads are so important. They are such an important part of this puzzle. And and it is puzzling. Homeschooling is hard. We need each other. We need our husbands, our dads to just come alongside of us as wives and as moms and support us and encourage us and lead our families the way that God has intended them to do so. So thank you for being part of this. But before we get back into our conversation, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, go to ctcmath.com. Try them out for free, ctcmath.com. All right, Davis, I am so glad to have you back with me. This has been a really encouraging conversation this week. We are talking about a heart exam for homeschool dads. And, you know, man, I, I love dads. I love the role that God has given them. It's such an important role. As we look at just where our society has gone and we look at Hollywood and what Hollywood has done for men, and they have belittled men for so many years, for decades, they've made men seem like they're worthless and that they're just, you know, dumb and they're idiots and they don't know anything. And I mean, you see it played out in sitcoms and movies and uh, cartoons. I mean, I remember watching Doc McStuffins with Brooklyn when she was little and it's, it's this, I don't know, I think the mom is a doctor. It's like a little girl who pretends to be a doctor because her mom is a doctor, if I'm remembering this correctly. And there was this one episode where they were trying to do something. I can't remember what it was. It was like the little girl was trying to put up a tent or something like that. And the dumb dad comes along and he's like, oh, 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 I don't know how to do this. And he tries to put it up and he's failing miserably. And then doctor mom comes along and she's like, I got this, move out of the way. And she, of course, is successful in getting this tent put up. And I was like, we will never watch this show again because it just was instilling, you know, it's that indoctrination, right? Where it was instilling into my daughter, men are worthless, men don't matter, they don't know anything, they're just dumb. And I think that is so much of Satan's plan for the family, right? Satan wants men to feel like they're inadequate, like they're unloved, like they don't matter, that they don't have a role, they don't have any say in the family, just go to work, bring home a paycheck and let mom do what she's going to do, right? That is not how God designed the family to be. God had such a perfect design for family and he tells us about it and his word. He doesn't even hide it from us. We don't have to go searching for it. He tells us what God's design is for family. And so I'm so thankful for men who take the responsibility to lead their families spiritually, emotionally, physically. And so that's what we're talking about this week. And so Davis, thank you for being an example of that kind of a man. I'm grateful that I have a husband who is an example of that kind of man as well. And so as we've been talking about this HEART acronym, we just review really quick. Actually, I'll let you review really quickly what we've talked about, and then I'll let you jump on to the last two that we've got to um, talk about today. Sure. So, uh, This is titled Heart Exam for Homeschool Dads. So we've taken the word heart, H-E-A-R-T, and we've made a a point for each of those five letters. And we've contrasted it to the opposite attitude. Because when you're talking about the heart, it's typically what is your attitude about something. And we're looking at the spiritual condition of our hearts. So the H is to have a heart for God, 
versus thinking that God doesn't even love us. The E is to enjoy the work and responsibilities of being a husband, father, and homeschooler, as opposed to viewing your responsibilities as a burden. The A was to adore your wife and kids versus not even liking these people. And now the R is to rely on God for the results, as opposed to thinking God's work is in vain. So I tell you what, um, a lot of people will refer to homeschooling as the homeschooling movement, because it really is a movement in so many ways, and there's so many spiritual components to it. God is at work in homeschooling families, and I always like to say that it's a literal walk of faith. Uh, My faith and Rachel's faith got stretched and challenged and grew so much during the 26 years that we homeschooled because we were forced to depend on God for the results. Uh, And there were so many times that we tend to try and take control and think that, okay, if we change this and make this adjustment and find the right curriculum and have the right schedule and are in the right co-op, that we will have uh, control of what the results are going to be. And then we find out that uh, that didn't work either. And then we start feeling like miserable failures when all along, what we really need to be doing is to have an attitude that says, okay, God is in this. And and this work that we're doing is not in vain. We will reap the rewards and the harvest if we persevere and don't give up in due time. Yeah. Well, we've finished 26 years of homeschooling. So when Rachel and I look back at the 26 years, there were plenty of days that just didn't go well. Plenty of weeks and months. We even had some years that, you know, might as well just kind of throw that year away. Yeah. But we had some really good days, some really good weeks and months. And we had some years that we look back and said, you know what? That was a great year. We, we're encouraged. Uh, the kids are encouraged. Thank you, God, for that year. But the best way I would describe it is this. When you homeschool, God will fill in gaps that are so big a school bus could drive right through them. I just love that that what that pictures in people's minds. And when I think of all seven of our kids and what God did in their lives via homeschooling, I'm reminded that everything that we're experiencing right now, the blessings of watching our kids mature and grow and succeed in their uh, as they continue their education in colleges and as they start their careers in the workforce that by God's grace, we got started on this journey. And by God's grace, he's filling in all those gaps. Uh, so I could I could give all kinds of examples. I'll, at least one that I'll give right now is with our oldest, because with our first, we're feeling like we're trying to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, we were trying to do a good job with the first one. And he wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. So as a good homeschool parent, we put him in Civil Air Patrol. Uh, he, we actually got to know the congressman in our area that would make that appointment. We made friends with other families whose kids had gotten appointments to the Naval Academy and the Air Force Academy. And so we were getting our ducks in a row. We were getting everything lined up. Well, at the end of his junior year, he got invited to the Air Force Academy for a sports camp. And so you had to actually get invited to this camp. You couldn't just register and make it happen. So we're thinking, this is great. Leading to a senior year, this is going to be awesome. So he goes, and when he comes back, 
this gregarious uh, tornado of a child with lots of energy is as subdued and quiet as he's ever been. <laughs> and we're thinking something's up. What, what's going on? So we have a meeting to start the school year to have our first senior meeting. We're about to start our first senior year with our oldest kid. Okay, what's the game plan? Because here's what here's the last check marks we need to do to get that appointment for you. And he says, you know, mom and dad, I've been thinking about this, and the camp was really great. And I just don't I don't think God is calling me to the Air Force Academy anymore. Well, internally, we are panicked, and we are trying <laughs> not to show that to him because we don't have plan B. Right. We literally were putting all of our eggs in this basket, knowing it was far from a gimme. And so uh, now this son of ours, who really wasn't ready for college uh, at that point, uh, and had some uh, some minor learning challenges, we felt like we were about to fail our very first kid. So we went to visit some colleges, and I still remember the very first college we ever visited. I will not name it, and I never have named it, because it was the worst college visit I've ever been on wow. yet. <laughs> and I thought, there, there's no way you're getting my kid. Um, and you're even supposed to be a Christian college. It's like you didn't even know we were showing up that day. So. We were very discouraged. The other visits didn't go much better. But around December, uh, we went to visit this place that we had seen at a homeschool conference called Impact 360. Hmm. And they uh, have a gap year program. Um, and so we it was only in its uh, fourth year, I think. So we go to visit down in the south of Atlanta. Um, my son and I sit down and we're kind of impressed with the surroundings. We're looking around and I, I lean over to my son and I said, you know, this place kind of reminds me of Chick-fil-A. So they begin, you know, it, it just felt good. So um, they begin the introduction, say, welcome to Impact 360. This is a partnership with Union University in Tennessee and Chick-fil-A. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, keep talking. Did everyone say my pleasure when you <laughs> asked a question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep talking. This is sounding great. So. That ended up being where my son went. So it was a fairly new program, like I say. They do a month-long mission trip. They do servant leadership training. They have visiting professors come in. And what happened is one of the professors from the King's College in New York City, he came and just connected with my son and said, you are the kind of student we're looking for at the King's College. So he helped my son um, with the application process to get the scholarships to make it happen. He worked as a TA for that professor. I could, I didn't know about the King's College prior to this. I would have never made these connections, and I and my son wasn't ready. So that just having the year uh, off uh, to do this gap year, to prepare, and to meet this professor, were there were gaps that God filled in that I had no hand in. Yeah. Um, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Every one of my kids has some kind of experience like that. Um, so I could, I, I literally have a story for each one of my kids that is as dramatic as one would think. And even with my last son, um, you know, I got better in terms of my walk of faith, but with my last son, I was thinking uh, he, he, he was a little behind the timeline that I wanted him to be on. Like, son, we got to go visit some colleges. We're going to miss the window completely. And the last college we visited, uh, they even said, you, you seem a little late in this process. And I didn't have a real good answer for that because <laughs> we were. But it turns out 
that he um, got a, an athletic scholarship as well as an academic scholarship. And he's, you know, several weeks into uh, the fall semester right now and doing great. He's right where God would have him be. But this is a school that we had never even looked at before. Uh, but God brought them to my son and they basically recruited him at the last minute. So wow. all kinds of stories like that where God filled in the gaps that we had. And I love hearing other people's stories when you realize, yeah, God is at work in this. And if we'll rely on him and not think that everything we're doing is in vain, because it's not in vain, right. but God is sovereign. He's got some control on this process too. I think one of the greatest fears that we have as parents is that we're going to somehow graduate our kids and there's going to be all these holes in their education and in their childhood, right? But as Christians, like you said, we realize that God is going to fill in the gaps and the results really do belong to him. And so that, man, that really helps me as a parent to realize like, it's okay. Just keep moving forward one step at a time, trusting the Lord. And he's going to, he's going to do what he's going to do. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents. This is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. No one affects your child's education more than you do. Even though others may provide the courses and the supplies you need, you have the most say regarding the quality of your student's learning experience. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. The people at BJU Press do everything they can to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at BJUPressHomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to speak with an experienced homeschool consultant. We are back with Davis and we are on the last point of the acronym HEART, H-E-A-R-T. And I want to jump into this one really quickly because I was, um, you know, as I was reading some of your stuff, one of the things that I saw was a quote from you that I thought was really powerful. And, And you said this, you said, I know you want to be a great dad. So generate a list of what you resolve to do as a father, put it in writing, start the journey and leave a legacy. And I want you to talk about that because I think that leaving a legacy for our kids is one of the most important things that we can do for them. What are they going to remember? What are they going to take with them when they leave our home? So let's park on this last, uh, this last point of heart, this last part of the acronym. Yeah. Leaving a legacy with your kids requires you to be intentional. And we mentioned that a couple of times uh, during this, uh, our conversation as well. And so the two things that I'll, uh, put in front of the guys is Psalm 78. Read Psalm 78. It's a lengthy Psalm, but the first 
several verses tell us to tell the next generation. It's our responsibility as dads to communicate to our kids what God has done in our life. And then the the lengthy part of the psalm is when the psalmist actually reminds everybody what God did in the Israelites, you know, freeing them from slavery in Egypt, parting the Red Sea and crossing into the promised land later on, and just all that God did for them. God's done the same thing for you, I'm, I'm sure. And so recount those stories and tell the kids that you have right in front of you right now and the kids yet to be born. And so this is where that attitude comes in. Everything about the heart is an attitude. And so with this T, it's turning your heart to your kids. Uh, that's Malachi 4.6. Uh, but to turn your heart to your kids means to think not just about your kids, but your grandkids and your great-grandkids, the kids not even born yet. And so Psalm 78 is a good reminder to motivate you for that and give you that sense of, how do I leave a legacy? But in the quote that uh, you mentioned that I've said, I said, generate a list of what you resolve to do as a father and put it in writing. Uh, there's nothing like putting pen to paper to say, okay, I resolve to be a good dad, a good homeschool father. What am I going to do? Don't just think about it. And as you've listened to the things we've talked about in this conversation, I hope you've had several golden nuggets that you've been able to take away, but now put them in writing so that you don't forget them, so that you can be intentional about it. And this leads me to a Puritan father named Cotton Mathers. He actually made a list of what he was resolved to do as a father. And it's, it's an amazing list. Um, it, it's written in 1600 Puritan language, but let me give you a taste of just some of them. So the first of his list that he was resolved to do is that at the birth of my children, I will resolve to do all I can that they may be the Lord's. I will now actually give them up by faith to God, entreating that each child may be a child of God the Father, a subject of God the Son, a temple of God the Spirit, and be rescued from the condition of a child of wrath and be possessed and employed by the Lord as an everlasting instrument of his glory. I mean, wow. that's number one. He's got a whole list of them, uh, but I, I want to share one of my favorites, uh, and it's a little further down on the list. Uh, I'll paraphrase it, but he basically says, when my kids are sick and infirmed and they're laying down in bed, I will ask them to consider the thought, what should I be doing if I was dying? I mean, that's wow. pretty heavy right there. Yeah. But he's resolved to say, I'm going to take advantage of the moments when my kids are sick and say, you know what? We live in a sinful world. What if you were dying right now? What should you be thinking or doing about? Because we we are mortal, but we have eternity to spend with God or separated from him. And it's a good thing to think about that every once in a while. It can be sobering and scary, but it can also be one that's hope-filled for the Christian. And so, you know, by write, putting things in writing, then you don't just assume that you're going to do some good things. Like, I want to teach my kids to uh, about, you know, Scripture. I want them to memorize some Scripture. I want them to love God. Well, put that down in writing. Don't just assume you're going to do it. Make your list. Um, maybe it's, 
I'm going to take them on a vacation every year and look them in the eye and tell them I love them or teach them how to fish or how to change a flat tire or how to do the dishes or how to do yard work. Maybe there's some things that you want to intentionally do with your kids or teach them uh, life skills or conversations you want to make sure you have with them. Typically, if we put something in writing, we have a much greater chance of actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with Josh Mulvihill? I am not. Do you know him yet? Oh, I'll have to introduce the two of you, but he wrote a book and we did a podcast on this several months ago called 50 things. And it's basically 50 things that we want our kids to learn before they leave our home. And it's such a great book. It's one of the best parenting books I've ever gotten my hands on. And um, and that episode was so encouraging. And he's basically talking about exactly what you're talking about. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So people can go back and listen to that episode if they missed it. But um, but yeah, man, if it, being intentional, leaving a legacy for our kids and the most important legacy we can live, leave for our kids is Jesus and them knowing Jesus, knowing how much God loves them and uh, how much we love them as well. So Davis, you've been so encouraging this week. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad to have you back on the podcast. And, and again, I know you're coming back with us after the new year where we're going to be talking about um, about radically intentional parenting. And that's going to be part of our family series. So you guys keep your eyes and ears open for that because we'll be back with that after the new year. Davis, thank you for your wisdom and just for sharing with dads this week. You guys share this episode with someone who you think will be encouraged by it. And if you are encouraged by the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry, would you consider a donation to the ministry? It's what keeps us going. Um, You can go to the the website, schoolhouserocked.com, click on the donate button here. You can donate once or you can donate monthly, um, whatever is best for you. But we would love it if you would just prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Thank you so much for being with us this week, Davis. We will put all things Davis Carmen in the show notes. Have a great rest of your day and we'll be back with you guys next week. Bye.